If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. El futuro tiene nada más que la confrontación. Hey, welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. I used to write a bunch of weekly columns for a bunch of internet places, and I'll get back to doing that at some point. And I would use those columns to put forth all sorts of crazy opinions. Then I would come on this show to defend those opinions, and I'm about to do that right now. Joining me today, he is one half of the duo that hosts the Late Night Podcast with Stuart and Luke. Can you guess which of the two he is? Ah, just joking. You don't have to. Ladies and gentlemen, he's also a fantastic comedian that you should check out sometime if you can. Stuart Thompson. Also joining me. You've heard her on this podcast before. You've heard her on ListCast a whole bunch of times. And maybe you've seen her telling jokes out there in the world. You can do that in Boise, Idaho, if that's a place you happen to be sometime when she's there. She mentions it at the end of the show. Ladies and gentlemen, Heather Maruli. It's going to be a great show. Can you tell I did this live? Well, I did. Sorry, I won't be able to cut anyone off this week. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. I have no co-host today. It's my favorite co-host of all. Nobody. That chair is fucking empty. But I do have guests. Stuart Thompson. Hello. I haven't seen you in a while. How have you been? I've been pretty well. I've been traveling a lot. I've been on the road, and it's nice to be back in town, and nice to be back on the podcast. Yeah, you've been on this podcast before, right? I know you've been on several (sighs) Unpops podcasts, but I think you've been on the main one before. I don't know if I have, honestly. I think I've been on What in the World several times, and I think I've done... uh, the daily one before, and I, f- I feel like we've I've done other ones, but maybe not the main one. Huh. So, I, either way. Well, what are you doing here? Get out of here. This is all for right, pros. Well, nice seeing you, everybody. And <laughs> Thank <laughs> you for see, being here. I'll see my way out. And uh, <laughs> uh, Stuart is a comedian and uh, host of a podcast called The Late Night Podcast. With Stuart and Luke. With Stuart oh, and yeah. Luke. Luke. Yeah. But here's the thing. <laughs> Fuck Luke. He's not here. Well, um, yeah. It's all about Stuart today. Happy. Or tonight. Whenever you're listening to this. Yeah. Yeah. When, whether you're running, walking, sleeping, driving. Driving. Glad you're here. Sleeping. Mm. Heather Maruli's here, Hi. too. I'm back. She is back. back with a vengeance. I am back. We just uh, <laughs> fought on an episode of ListCast that hasn't been released yet. I don't know if I'd call it a fight. You seemed pretty angry. I'm angry a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, about, yeah, that's... About minuscule things. <laughs> <laughs> My mental health is precarious. <laughs> What? Most shaky. LA, LA comedians are usually so stable. No, I'm on edge. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. I've never gotten oh, that yeah. sense. <laughs> never had that sense about you. Uh, as I was explaining before we started recording, I don't have, I, I'm criminally lazy about things like this, and I still have not put the sound effects mm-hmm. on our new sound soundboard, so I can't cut anyone off this week. 
right. I'm very sorry. We're going to have to just use decorum. So <laughs> if you were hoping to hear me pretend to ask someone how their week's been and then not care, sorry. <laughs> this week, I'm just not asking. All we're right. getting right into it. Let's dive in. We are talking about some unpopular opinions today. Should I go first? Feel free. Yeah, go ahead. I'll go first. Uh, This is a thing I've been wanting to talk about since it happened. Well, not really since it happened, since the guy involved issued a follow-up statement. And what I'm talking about is the 30 to 50 feral hogs guy. If people aren't familiar, what happened is musician Jason Isbell, who is... Oh, isn't he like... Wow. He's, he's big, right? He's great. He's really great on Twitter. He writes really great songs. He wrote a lot of the songs Bradley Cooper sings in A Star Is Born. Oh, okay. He's fucking great. And he tweeted a thing about how if you're uh, debating the difference between automatic weapons or what are and aren't automatic weapons today, you're part of the problem. Whatever. Celebrities do that kind of thing. And sure. it, it's it's fine. But a Twitter user named at William McNabb followed up with a question for Jason Isbell. And this was his question. Legit question for rural Americans. How do I kill the 30 to 50 feral hogs that run into my yard within three to five minutes while my small kids play? And people saw this reply. <laughs> it's a loaded question. <laughs> and lost their shit. Mm-hmm. And it turned into this big meme where everyone was like people would just tweet regular shit and substitute words for 30 to 50 feral hogs. Like I saw so many tweets and it was such like this guy got subjected to so much ridicule over that. And here's the thing. He had a good point. Like he was asking, he had a question. He's like, what am I supposed to do? He was asking a very valid question especially for the region he lives in, which is Arkansas. Like the thing he's referencing has happened to him three times. And he keeps a gun in a safe for that specific purpose. And go ahead. Say what you want to say. I have nothing to say. I'm not an elitist. He, he, he's, uh, almost as say. loaded a statement as the tweet. Well, uh, offense. Well, I, I don't. Well, see, I don't know. The, that's the thing. I do. Right. I, I think you just made two good points. One, the way we responded to this was elitist as fuck. Sure. Because it's an actual problem for a lot of people where this guy lives, and this is the solution he's landed on. Mm-hmm. And we could have just as easily all jumped in and been like. How about a fence? Have you tried sound? Will sound get rid of them? And even then, it's not going to fix the problem, yeah. which is that Arkansas is overrun by goddamn feral hogs. Yeah. They and are. Do they have laws in place that allow you to shoot them just without recourse? Or do you just. Not only do they have laws in place, they have several task forces set up solely for the purpose of trying to get a handle on how big this problem is in Arkansas. Hog force. Yeah. Pretty <laughs> much. They have, it's, it's called the uh, Arkansas Feral Hog Eradication Task Force. Arkansas Feral Hog Eradication Task Force. So it's the A8. AFET. Okay. AFET. <laughs> effect. Yeah. <laughs> and we're in full effect. Yeah. <laughs> and like this could have made for like these are situations where i think the left really has a problem and it's that we just kind of disregard the middle part of the country yeah it's a it's a it's a lack of empathy yeah and like what if this was coyotes in burbank what if 
What if millions of coyotes millions? all of a sudden? That's what's happening then, in Arkansas. If there's it millions of millions. coyotes, maybe it's it's time for us to bow out. <laughs> but see, is that just let it's coyotes all over. take over? It's all over. She's gonna lie down in the street, let them pick a part yeah. of us. <laughs> but the like, imagine if this was like a presidential town hall, and mm. it was. Elizabeth Warren who made that statement instead of Jason Isbell and this guy's in the audience and he goes all right but what about the feral hogs in Arkansas and instead of addressing the problem she just laughed and made callback jokes to it throughout the night like that's how we reacted to this and it makes us look shitty well let's keep in mind all this happened on the internet so the the internet is not a good place for anyone to represent themselves well Sure, you could argue it's an opportunity to represent yourself well, but no one seems to rise to the occasion. Right. Twitter is just an even, you know, a bubble of poor self-representation within that, Mm. within the the bubble that is the the hate bubble that is the Internet. Yeah. So the fact that those people responded with mean jokes, I mean, like, maybe there are people who might have read that if they saw it on the news and be like, oh, yeah, maybe we should think about that. Yeah. But those people either don't have Twitter or are not using Twitter for that purpose. Right. I, well, I'm, I'm just like continually like not like surprised or shocked, but um, I, I feel like the privilege of people who go on Twitter and like state these political opinions is so they don't even know how privileged they are like yeah. you know like to be able to like go on twitter and be like we need this blah 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 blah, blah. like anti-trump blah, blah blah but they're like are you really doing anything or are you just like tweeting no and, that's a that's a thing i've brought up a I, lot i'm tired of that weeks, stuff yeah. like people like well it's like the same with like comedians who go on stage and just say like opinions that yeah. are like yeah being a shock jock or whatever well no not even like no not even things that are shocking oh, okay. just like saying things that people agree with and, and oh. you know and they want clapter oh yeah you know? sure so like for me like the a large part of the internet has turned into like seeking clapter mm. and just like wanting approval from people and people just saying yeah. things just because twitter makes politics a phone game yeah where as long as you have a tweet that's getting a lot of likes and a lot of retweets it's right like, well i'm helping yeah that kind of virtuous virtue signaling is it gives sort of this veil that we have open discourse but open discourse requires there to be a back and forth and mm-hmm. i think there's a lot of just either back or forth it's right not, it's not both yeah because once once someone you say something you know you don't really own that anymore and it's kind of out there and it's up to people how they want to react to it yeah and so however they choose to react to it then that comes back to you and you know there's consequences for, for what we say because we're not free from that and then you we ha- if like mm-hmm. say say i tweet like um you know all all of those feral hogs are uh are you know libtard haters or whatever just because you know that's a lot of twitter now right uh, <laughs> and, then, <laughs> uh, and then someone says hey could you maybe think before you speak or like or tweet because this seems dumb and then i block them because right. i don't i'm trying to i'm trying to rule out the negative energy in my life <laughs> yeah it's like there's a, there there needs to be some uh, practicality with how we choose to you know express ourselves. Yeah, and this I'll I'll link to the article on unpops.com 
uh, it's a stereo gum article, but it's probably all over the internet. But this guy actually, after all this uproar happened, he put out a kind of a press release. Oh, really? And it's really well written, pretty eloquent. He makes a lot of great points. And I think it, like, I think people saw Arkansas and feral hogs and were like, this redneck fuck. And we just can't keep, I understand that in the immediate aftermath of Trump getting elected, the tendency was kind of to just sort of scorn people living in those areas in general because they're the ones who kind of helped Trump get elected. Well, yes and no. Well, yeah, but I think we have to get over that. And and like, I feel like if if our argument, if our argument, if our argument is, especially when it comes to things like immigration, if our argument is going to be, well, they're still people Mm. like we have to treat them like people. We have to treat everyone like people. Like it needs to extend beyond that. It can't be, well, we treat them like people, but right. There's a lot of picking and choosing. Right. I've, I've had to really uh, recalibrate how I view people in the South because I've gotten to visit the South several times, not all of it, but I've gotten, Mm -hmm. I've been able to go to Memphis. I've been able to go to, to Georgia and Northern Florida and uh, South Carolina. I've been to a lot of different parts, Mm -hmm. Uh, even New Orleans and East Texas. And like, I really, you know, there's so many down to earth, lovely people there. Uh, Mm -hmm. And you you don't know until you go. You don't. Yeah. And people can, and I'm from the Bay Area. I'm from this place that, you know, everyone thinks they're right and thinks they're very woke. uh, Right. And thinks that everyone should think like them a lot of the time. But when you, but I've also learned these things like, yeah, you know, I've been to the South in the summertime. Some places are just, you know, too hot to think. <laughs> yeah. Like, as like, I get, I get why progress is slow in some parts of that, of that region, because like, yeah, it's too hot to do anything, let alone think about, oh man, should these gay people get married? Like I, just, and then there's also, I also heard about this situation where like, you know, almost 40% of the South was dealing with like a a ringworm problem, you know, for a long time. Oh and God. yeah. And so, and ringworm deteriorates, you know, aspects of your, it deteriorates your body. Mm-hmm. So it makes it very hard to have, you know, good, you know, physical and mental, uh, you know, it's very hard to foster yourself mentally and, and physically when you're dealing with things like ringworm. And yeah. I'm not saying that's like a, a major problem now, but I mean, right. it has been, and, and that can contribute to for decades in the future. If that's how, you know, the people that are, you know, the authority figures in your life. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just like, yeah, they're, they're dealing with some shit that we don't have to deal with in other parts of the country. Yeah. The, in, Arkansas, I don't know if it's just in Arkansas, maybe it's in the United States. Either way, feral hogs cause a billion dollars in damage every year. Really? Wow. That so, sounds that sounds like a like a small hurricane. Yeah. 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 So it's a perpetual problem. Hurricane Porky. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You do one now. Uh, a pun? Yeah. I don't do puns. Oh. I'm not a pun comedian. Uh, unpopular <laughs> opinion. Uh, <laughs> I'm no, not. no fun. I've never done a pun on stage ever. That's not for everybody. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think I've ever done a pun. Not even on Twitter? No, I mostly just talk about how suicidal I am on stage. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> funny stuff. Everyone's got their lane. It is funny. <laughs> that, well, yeah. I make portmanteaus and she talks about cutting. <laughs> I wouldn't cut myself. Um. I'm too pretty. <laughs> Ah, good, uh, good for you. Good for you. <laughs> All right. So, who wants to go next? 
That's that's my opinion. The feral hogs guy oh, had a decent point, and yeah, fair enough. Also, we I need to I stop. fact checked something that he doesn't own an automatic weapon. He owns just a rifle. Yeah. Okay. But I feel like e- even if you like, if he had the automatic rifle, if he could take down like one or two pigs i feel mm. like that would scare See, a lot of you know what though I, maybe this is going to be an unpopular opinion but i like i don't really have a problem with guns like because i grew up in colorado okay yeah and almost everyone i knew had guns mm-hmm. like one of my boyfriends and his family they had like probably like two or three hundred guns in the house like wow. in yeah. safes um and they were like the most careful the most concerned with gun safety out of anyone i've ever known obviously you yeah know? well you never know some, um, pe- some people you know just collect that stuff and they well don't yeah, do i mean they it. were hunters you know so I, i've grown up with a lot of people who hunted and i think the way we talk about gun violence in this country right. is a little elitist because mm-hmm. even that saying well i don't have a problem with guns well it's not no in because like think about here's here's my main problem when it comes to how we talk about guns Mm -hmm. right now the only news outlets that bother mentioning the fact that hey you know like a baby a month gets shot in chicago Mm -hmm. the outlets that mention that are like fox news and we go you're racist stop Uh, mentioning that and the truth is we're kind of racist for not mentioning it but they because are. But guns, they also are like picking and choosing. What's well, they're, the word they're, that I'm looking for when a, a news cherry outlet picking. will just? No, that's not. Well, good. but I'm thinking more specific. Well, who's who's picking and choosing? Oh, I'm. It's a word where, like, in the media. No, they, but I get. We don't okay. need to. Don't worry about the word. But who we'll are get you? Get Roger's the thor- yeah, who's, out. Who's picking and choosing? Whoever is producing Fox News, they're running that story over a different story, right? Well, no, that's not that's not my point. Okay. My point is, why doesn't that come up more in the gun debate? We talk about automatic weapons mm. and mass shootings. Meanwhile, like getting rid of the AR-15 is not going to fix Chicago. Mm-hmm. That's a handgun problem. But mention that and people want to call you racist. Right. Or they want to call you a Trump supporter for implying that there is more to the gun problem than just AR-15s. Of course. And the fact that AR-15s would fix a little of our gun violence yeah. issue, but well, that's not like most with, of it. Um, you know, with like when a mass shooting happens, like there's some they'll talk about for weeks and others they'll like be like, they'll mention it for like a day and they'll be like, okay, that doesn't fit our political narrative. Like, yeah. Because <laughs> they want the guy to be like radicalized, you know, sure. like he wrote a letter to ISIS, like all the shit, yeah, you know. Posted something it, to 8chan. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like they, they want to focus on those ones as opposed to like, who was the guy, there was a guy recently who like, killed like 12 co-workers or something and they were like oh never mind we're not gonna talk about that guy <laughs> they like uh, really remember, glossed yeah. yeah exactly they glossed right over it well i also i mean i think they are doing a good thing to not mention the name of the kill of the people who kill these people as often to like not glorify them in any way or give the possibility for that and yeah i think there is a, a bit of an oversimplification to the gun issue because i think you know the di- you know the difference in my mind of like the, these mass shootings versus Chicago is that there, you know, maybe some of these kids that are getting shot or these people that are getting shot are uh, white people. Mm. So, yeah, that's yeah, that's it's, the whole it, thing. Like guns, could be a little bit of that too. It's like, oh, now it's mainstream. Like even getting rid of mass shootings, we're still going to have a massive gun problem. It's not going to roll country. out. It's not going to roll out well, all gun deaths. You know, 
an- another thing though okay you know how in asia like people don't really have guns so there's like a lot of like knife attacks so what is the psychology there has to be some like relational psychology and sociological thing where it there's something similar going on in like both cultures right but and but what exactly is it's some type of like frustration that these people have when they like kind of i hate saying go postal (laughs) but you know where they like you know something happens and that's it and they snap i think going postal is a good argument for there's a a faction who it seems like wants to only focus on white nationalism when it comes to gun violence Mm -hmm. and Which, which is scary it's scary but it's a fraction of the problem yeah, no, it's such a right. sm- well. That's why and it's not, and that's not me saying we shouldn't deal with that or that it's not right. a problem, but we need to talk honestly about yeah. how big of a problem guns are in this country, and it's actually way worse well, yeah, than the, what the we white talk about. Nationalism thing is exactly why they didn't talk about the guy who killed all his coworkers because he was black and it didn't fit the narrative of what they were going for. Mm. Yeah, I don't news. know. I don't know. It's hard for me to disagree with when Republicans say that they're, you know, they Republicans lean on the mental health issue a lot. And that is something to consider. I don't think it's the only thing. I, I, th- think, I think, but I think that is a big issue. I think, I think it's, I think people are, in unwill- more ways I think un- people are unwilling to admit that, you know, that there's some nuance to these types of problems and that maybe it's mm. both. Maybe we need, well, that's, that's maybe the AR-15s problem. need to be harder to get. And maybe we also need to right. treat people who are sick. That's, that's my yeah. problem with the gun debate is it has to be one thing. Like people want it to be one no. thing. Yeah, I can't, there's no way. So it is. many, no, it's very things. complicated and fixing it is going to be ugly. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if people understand that, but all our talk about, oh, why are we militarizing local police forces? Well, if we want to get rid of guns, we're going to have to use those militarized police forces right. to go into neighborhoods and fucking take guns from people. Yeah. Like, it's going to be a military operation. And so many people who think they talk constructively about this just want to focus on AR-15s mm-hmm. because those are the mass shootings that happen at the places where they go party or where they send their kids to go to school. Yes, that's obviously a valid concern, but so are all of the concerns of all the other people living under the threat of gun violence right now. Yeah, no, it feels mm-hmm. like there's just so many reasons why these events happen like over and over and like they're not all totally related. I mean, like one you know aspect of it is like i think about like these shootings where it's men who specifically go to kill women because they're mad that they don't get laid you know like incel type shit that's like one fraction of right it. that's one part like of it another fraction where it is people who are like radicalized by isis and then like another faction where it's like you know people who want to kill their co-workers because like they're mad at like you know life cheating them in their workplace cheating them and yeah. like stuff like that yeah. I don't the, know. Or the neo-Nazi it's people. It's all over the yeah. place. My my problem with when people bring up mental health, what you'll see a lot of times, especially on Facebook and Twitter, is people will go, don't lump me in with uh, people who commit mass shootings. <laughs> I have mental health issues also. And it's like, you understand that white nationalists could say the same thing. There are so many white nationalists who could go, 
I've never shot anybody up, and I'm a white nationalist. Look how great I am. Yeah, why do you, why do you assume? Pillar of the community. Like, that's such a weak argument to go, well, I'm not shooting people, so mental health isn't the problem. It's part of the problem. It is part it's of the obviously problem. part of the problem. And, so many things and I feel are part like of the problem. Societally, we're still so behind like other first world countries as far as like mental health and like stigmas related to that. You know, like, yeah. It, it, like it's still not something people are like totally open and talking about. It's well, getting better, but I don't we've know. spent a lot of years. Uh, vilifying reagan for deinstitutionalization right. yes. and for shutting down so many mental health facilities yes and now when trump is like maybe we need more mental health facilities people are like oh asylums shut up idiot and it's like <laughs> come on like it's like you're not hurting too like yeah that, that's what that's what it makes me think of is like you're not in pain too for any reason like you don't you don't think it might be helpful to talk about your problems with someone there's a documentary yeah. on oh, fuck now i have to i love therapy puppy the relax yeah it's great 20 years in therapy can i just say that <laughs> we'll, give, we'll, give, we'll give you a chip at the end of the, Thank you. End of the podcast <laughs> commemorative token uh, that sounds kind of elitist when i say that right that i've been mm. in therapy for 20 years i, I don't know i think i mean no i, I mean it sounds like, sounded more like you were saying it with gratitude was i getting that right well, yeah. yeah like it's I really helped fine. me i think i would be yeah. way worse off yeah I've never gone there's there's a <laughs> oh, docu- me too. there's a documentary people should watch to understand what kind of crisis access to mental health care is in this country mm. it's called a dangerous son it's on oh. hbo Wait, i think i've heard oh, of those yeah it's an this. hbo documentary and it's about this mom whose son is a problem like he is a violent fucking nightmare he beats the shit out of his sister all the time Great. he beats the shit out of kids at school all the time mm-hmm. and she's like he needs to be in a fucking hospital and at one point she lived in washington state mm-hmm. at one point there were something like 180 available beds in mental health facilities for the entire state and it this documentary is just her desperately trying to get this kid the help he needs and that help not fucking existing. Wow. And if that kid goes to school someday and shoots up his fucking classmates, what are we going to say? Are like if it, if there is a white nationalist bent to it, are we going to go, "Oh, well, he's just a white nationalist." Right. Or are we going to watch that documentary and go, "Fuck, we should have had more mental health facilities in this country." No, the village that was supposed to raise that kid failed him. All these people who are mass shooters, I mean, they were children too at some point yeah they were they were kids and i'm sure they were happy and and they had they had feelings and they had wants and desires that are probably justified and they might not have had those needs met and they through however many circumstances you know there's yeah there's just no um there's no empathy there yeah yeah i lack of empathy is like huge it is in this country especially it's a big problem yeah on both sides yep Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, yeah, everyone, everyone's just so busy reacting. Mm-hmm. It's you know, there's there's no peeling behind the curtain, and um, like the 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 opinion I brought to the podcast is kind of has to do with that kind of lack of empathy. Let's get to it. Sure. It's it's not really about. I think it could apply to school shooters and mass shooters in general, but like for me, it's the. I think the empathy could start with these people who are being who are going through this. Um, 
this Me Too crisis. You know, there's a any or anyone who's publicly shamed. You know, we could include mm. we could include that lady who who the woman had, who went on the plane went on the plane like, and tweeted something about AIDS, AIDS in Africa, and then. Yeah. By the time she got off the plane, like she was public enemy number one. Did you read that book by John Ronson? No, I haven't read it yet. Yeah, it's called So You've Been Publicly Shamed. I've heard about it, and I and it, it's something I would like to get to at some point. Um, mm-hmm. But I will. I'll write that down before we, uh, before yeah. we leave today. But the uh, for I'm all for people who have made mistakes being called out for them. I'm, yeah, and I'm all for people you know admitting that they've made mistakes. I think that's a really important thing, and also apologizing for them. I think that's. To- all that's totally appropriate and the people who uh have fallen you know have fallen victim to that and have been have gone through some real dog shit years and experiences should have their voices heard like you know even those people who like it was it was sad to hear that jeffrey epstein uh died whether he killed himself or something else happened because those people that were affected by his actions mm-hmm. didn't get to s- tell their story with him in the room right right and but i also think that the people who engage in this you know you know whether you're talking about people in entertainment like you know harvey weinstein and uh kevin spacey and you know louis ck and aziz ansari and um anyone who's in that world and i know not all those and bill cosby not all those people are on the same level i'm i'm totally aware that yeah the the some of them are pretty bad. No, I'm not. And I'm not saying I'm not saying I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not. You know, what they've done is not is not good. And in some in some cases, truly horrible. Mm-hmm. But I do think once there is once those people are able to admit their wrongdoing and make a formal apology, I think there needs to be some uh, some avenue to allow people to uh, work their way towards some level of forgiveness if not in the public well, sphere, well, there's the, one issue the with that sphere. for me is that a lot of some of the people you just named have uh, no ability to take responsibility for what they did. So that's a that's a huge hurdle. Yeah, yeah, because uh, because another thing is like a lot of people who like commit those types of uh, crimes, like mm-hmm. sex crimes, sure. or they're like really you know pushy with women or grabby. Sure. Um, there's this like sense of entitlement that to me it's just like it's a symptom of narcissism and people who are like extremely extremely narcissistic like have no ability to look outside themselves and take responsibility for things they've done and also like it's kind of crazy making for people who are victims because um you know so like a lot of these men you've named like they're like so admired there they were you know some of them uh and they were so, you know, admired by people, you know, for their work. And there's this side of it where people, because I feel like in this country, well, not this country, but like culturally, we we worship uh the rich we worship the talented we're like oh we love rich and famous people they can do no wrong sure and that the way we prop that up is how people are able to like get away with anything it's like really sick when you think about it like people who like use this mask of power to hurt people yeah yeah and then we have and then a lot of a good chunk of the population is like well they couldn't possibly do that because they're great you know they're like he's a great talented man and how he could he possibly have done that totally it's great it's like i think so there's so many parts of this yeah i think it's i think you you both make good points we definitely there needs to be some avenue for forgiveness in 
I would say a lot of cases, especially it's it's hard centering the point around me too. I th- I think it's a it's a better point around oh well this guy used the n word in a joke in 2012 on Twitter and right. now he's a white nationalist and has to be canceled forever. Like a lot of people were making those jokes on Twitter in 2012. Like sure. that's that's a thing we can talk about, but when it comes to sex crime stuff, like when a pedophile is convicted of doing something with a kid, we don't let that person work around kids anymore. True. Like they still get to have a life and live and do things, but you don't get to work around kids. What's so crazy about saying, hey, Louis C.K. doesn't get to work around female comics anymore. He has proven an inability to be able to do that with any sense of decorum or decency Mm. when plenty of other people did. And even if he's expressed remorse for it, you fucking knew it was wrong when you were doing it. But and there, you still but then there's like a huge faction of comics who were like, oh, he didn't do anything that bad. Like it he, was I've, <laughs> this has come up on the podcast you know? before. It's not the act. It's the abuse of power. Yes, yeah. I agree. Like if agree. Louis C.K. did what he did as some bullshit open mic comic, most of those women would have called but the police also, immediately. Honestly, if you, they were in switch. a situation where they felt like they couldn't. Like say if, anything, if you and he knew switch that. the workplace from a comedy club or comedy festival to like let's say a law firm yeah. and you go into your boss's office and he goes would you mind if i masturbated in front of you you yeah. would be like what the fuck like we would be like oh yeah that's fucking fucked up right yeah. and here's the but thing in if- comedy there's like no like sense of like there's no hr department like you know nope. A good example of that, there's a Showtime series right now called The Loudest Voice in the Room, and it's about Roger Ailes. Yep. And it's great. Russell Crowe plays a great Roger Ailes. And I know a lot of people who are like, I don't want to watch that. Mm -hmm. He was a bad person. Like, you need to watch it to see how this shit works. You need to understand. Yeah. Like, like you think. Well, that's people having fear. They're having fear-based thinking. They're like, I don't want to see that. It's because they're, yeah, And, like, the idea, like, (laughs) the situation he was putting those women in where they've, like. Well, he was, like, threatening their jobs and livelihood. Yeah, it's it's coercion. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Uh Yeah, and I think people, people like that who commit sex crimes yeah the they i think they i think there needs to be more of a i think the perspective needs to shift is that these people are sick they're ill yeah and they need to be treated right like there needs to be like they need to do they need to do some work and some like there needs to be some like treatment in the way that you would treat any other illness but there's some people who like for example like bill cosby i think he's such an extreme narcissist narcissism like if narcissistic personality disorder is the most resistant thing to any type of psychological treatment oh yeah and like they say like only like three percent of people like with npd like ever seek treatment sure. because they never think anything's wrong with them like yeah. they, like they're in their mind their world is like totally normal and what they're doing is like totally fine yeah and that's like that's another thing people need to understand more about some of these things yeah i i for me it was just it felt it feels like all this stuff that we're going through right now just on both sides of the aisle it feels like there's just like a, a little bit of there's a lack of understanding and and i think there's a lot of there's a people are very quick to just say you know that's why people just say we're going to cancel this person it's like and i don't if 
And, that's where and it comes do from. people just, really even get canceled? Like, what does it even mean? It's not a real word. I, you know, it's, not, it's not a real it, thing. It's like, not, no, it isn't. Because there's still always going to be like bl- people who are blindly support people. Like, even after that R. Kelly documentary came out, I would see people on Twitter being like, he didn't do it. <laughs> like, yeah. all this stuff. Like, long live the king, you know, of yeah. R&B. And, and there's and, people who do that with Michael Jackson, too. Right. But actually, you know, since... Uh, the FBI has like come into possession of like 20 tapes of him having sex with children. Like people have been much more quiet, you know, and it's like, Jackson Oh gosh, or R. Kelly, R. Kelly. Oh, R. Kelly. Yeah. That's what he's being yeah. uh, held for. I want to know what the pictures uh, that the FBI recovered from Jeffrey Epstein's Ugh. safe are all about. Oh my God. Yeah. I don't want to see them. Uh, no, I don't but I I want to know who's are, in them. People are looking at them. I'm sure. Yeah, I don't think they've like leaked to the internet because that's yeah. literally. No, no, no. Do we have any more opinions to get to before we get to listener stuff? Uh, Heather, I, would you like to share anything? I know you had yeah. some stuff that you wanted to share. So <laughs> if you don't, if you don't, if you if you change your mind, this no. Way. Honestly, like the one I did want to talk about was because I'm, you know, we were talking about going to the movies earlier. Sure, and I'm I'm an avid film goer. Same, right. I can see by your my shirt, <laughs> Captain Marvel shirt. I I think we need to be done with all the reboots and the the Marvel reboots. The I'm done. Why? I just don't need to see anymore. I feel, I feel like after Avengers, what was the Avengers movie that came out this year? Endgame yeah. or Endgame? Yeah. I was like, you know, this this should be it. <laughs> It should be the end game. But I think blind greed is leading Marvel, and I think it's destroying like other forms of you know art and film. Because I feel like, don't you? I don't know when I would say it was, but I'd say like over the last ten years, like American film has been not good. What do you think? Uh, I don't. I always disagree with that argument. Be it movies, TV shows, or music, that. That blanket, oh, there's nothing good these days. There always is. You just have to look for it. Mm-mm. Yeah, I think. You, so you would argue there are <laughs> no, no, no. no good no, movies. No, there are, but there's not enough. And I feel like they're making less of the type of stuff that I want to see. Because everything's focused on like Marvel and like superheroes and all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, I mean, Marvel movies are and Disney movies are, but that's what Disney is. I can't. Uh, like, yeah, they need to go away also. I think the people, live action remakes, no more for me. I can't do it. <laughs> see, I, I would be more of the opinion that people should stop caring so much about this stuff. Really? There are people that want to see these movies. And if they want to go see the movies, then the people can go see the movies. And okay. if you don't want to see the movies, then you don't see the movies. Yeah, it's you got to you got to you got to make that choice with your wallet. You know, everyone, everyone has to if, if people on on my I forget didn't there's a see figure them. on this about like how many like uh independent films how many less independent films get made now than comparably like 20 years ago or something yeah i'm sure that's true yeah but it's also easier to make things than ever before like that's true you know it's you could film you could film a movie on your phone that's true it's it, either so it, it's I think it's the the nature of how independent films is changing. Mm. And I think when it comes to like if you really don't like something, you have to like you have to not spend any money on anything related to it. So, you know, you can't, you know, Oh, I see the Marvel movies because I want to be informed. Sure, yeah, you want to you, you know, it's, then you're uh, part of, you're literally part of the problem. Keep your friends close and your enemies closer. But if you really don't want those Marvel movies to exist, 
then you can't spend money on no, them. No, I just think we need less of them. Sure. And you're going to have to start stealing them. <laughs> yeah. That, no, that. I don't I don't believe in that. I don't like stealing art. I think that's bad. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I yeah. I've moved I hate on from, when people like, uh, I've always hated that, when people like have bootleg movies or like they like rip music yeah i mean i was i was a a music and movie thief like anyone else at the dawn of the internet sure since then like especially now that i'm relying on people to pay for my work yeah mm, i'm not trying to steal yeah that might be an unpopular opinion with uh, a lot of people oh it definitely is (laughs) yeah pay for art (laughs) it's yeah it's very it's very easy to not pay for it oh yeah for sure but i think everyone i think people as a whole if they want to express what they truly like they have to they have to very publicly and very monetarily support those things vehemently and if and the things that they don't support they do not they can't spend any money on Mm because that 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 speaks volumes to these people that you know green light these movies it's like well okay these movies are making less and less money all right we're gonna stop it right that will stop you know comic book movies from being made if they if they can tell that pe- fewer yeah. and fewer people are I feel like I want to see more stuff like Midsummer and instead of like <laughs> Midsummer <laughs> was you, fine you didn't like Midsummer it was fine did you see it Stuart no, no I, I I have not seen it oh. I'm not I'm not one that's drawn it's about to about an hour scary too long <laughs> so you're, oh, saying, you're not yeah, drawn to scary, scary movies Midsummer is the movie for you wait do you like <laughs> scary movies I do not I uh, I could <laughs> I, I could I could I went to see us. Uh, in the theaters, but that's because I was going with friends. And you thought it was scary. Yes, I think all. Really? Mo- I think I think movies that and scary are scary. I I don't have the sensibility. Oh, you don't. I I do not go to movies to be scared. I because it makes me anxious. And, or mm. my response is is anxiety. Oh sure. And I do not go to movies to feel anxious. Yeah. Mm. Now I think I like being scared. Sure. A lot. Yeah. Of people do. I like. I mean, I don't find a lot of horror movies like legitimately scary. But what's the last one you thought was scary? I don't know. Like, I find them more entertaining. I, like, I'm watching a movie. I'm not ever... Right. Gonna, My, like, I get scared watching documentaries. I don't get scared watching horror movies. Because it's real shit. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah my, my mind just wants to go to that place where, like, okay, how can we make this real once the movie's over? Like, how, yeah. how can we manifest these creatures coming to find you? Like, that kind of thing. Mm. True. They're coming. Yeah, we I actually have, have one here joining uh, us on the podcast. And he, <laughs> the monster from The Conjuring. Yeah. <laughs> come on out. She's just a stupid witch standing on a dresser. <laughs> La Llorona, come on out. Fucking hated that movie. Oh, so The much. Conjuring. I hate Didn't all of they those make, movies. Like, three of them. I think or? there's two. Mm-hmm. All of those movies are dumb. Yeah, and that and so since I do not want to see that kind of movie, I do not financially support those movies. Mm. Okay, fair enough. Um. All right, let's get to some listener opinions i don't i don't have the transition i don't agree with this at all hello listener (laughs) hello listeners okay all right first one my name is trent edit that out brett okay and my unpopular opinion may not be controversial on this network but when talking to fellow liberals it certainly seems to be my opinion is that both trump and a good portion of this country are not only cool with fascism but actually welcome it And the left is focusing on many issues that are way less important right this second than fascism, given we could wake up in 2020 and not be allowed to think progressive things in the first place. Well, how's that going to happen? I'll tell you how it's going to happen. Hold on. Not be allowed to... I'll tell you I'll tell you one thing that worries me as it pertains to waking up one day and not being allowed to say progressive things on the internet is our current push to ban 
conspiracy theorists and people who push opinions that are counter to what the government is telling us. There's this big ban or big push to ban people who share opinions like and I understand if it's like the Sandy Hook thing where it's turning into people going out and uh, interacting with the real life victims of that. That's one thing. But the idea that, oh, this guy shares what I term conspiracy theories on the Internet, so he should be banned from YouTube, Patreon, and everywhere else. That's how we wake up one day not being able to say progressive shit on the Internet. Can I- because who decides what's a conspiracy theory and what isn't? And when we get that mechanism in place, if it falls into the hands of someone like Trump, he could just as easily go, all right, well, all these people calling me racist can't talk on the Internet anymore. Right. That's... Yeah, they don't get a Can voice. I make an argument that may not be popular? I, no, can I, not on this show. <laughs> I think, okay, this, everyone wants fascism. Okay, here's what I think. That seems like I a think, misleading title. I think most Americans, first off, could most Americans even define fascism? And second of all, I'm being serious. Yeah. And second of all, do they even care about anything but themselves? And you know, their life and what they're doing. I think we're a very self-focused culture. I think people are, I think in very short-sighted ways, they think like, okay, uh, I just, you know, you know, need some money, need to, you know, have my entertainment and my food and I'm fine, you know, and they don't really want to think outside of anything they have to do in that like immediate bubble. Yeah. I think a lot of people think that way. And I think for a lot of people, that's totally fine. That that is fine. Yeah, that's they why want, they I, want to provide for themselves I, that, and their families. See, and that's another thing is like I don't think as many people care about political issues as other people may think. Yeah, I don't because I think you know because we live in Los Angeles and this like you know uh, educated like liberal bubble you know whatever elitist educated is questionable but the uh, yeah. you know what i mean like coastal, i know so, I know so coastal, many people who, i'm thinking about like coastal elitism yeah like i know so many people who, coast. who did not go to college and are <laughs> proud of it and it's oh, and, 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 it's, and it's like and not going it's i'm not saying that college is the only way to learn some things but like you know it's like you if you're not going to go to college, you do need to edu- make sure to educate yourself on what's on what's going on. And right. even people who do go to so, college, it's just like you got to make sure you are informed. What what um the wait should I say listener? I what this listener is Trent saying. Brett. He a good portion of this country are not only cool with fascism. That's not what it is. I think people don't care, yeah. and it's not their concern. Yeah. Am I wrong? I think the bu- I, I, I think I think the bubble of worry is really small for a lot of people. It too. is. It's about paying their bills. Paying the bills, making sure the family has food on the table. Yes. And maybe gets to do some fun stuff on the weekends. Right, exactly. Like uh, people are not as concerned with these like extreme, you know, huge ideas of you know, political factions like moving things around. Well, but, unless you're like That's why I keep saying a lot of the 2020 election is going to come down to townhouses mm-hmm. because one of the things Trump wants to do is basically not only kick people who are in the country illegally off the rolls of public services, including public housing and HUD housing. But if there is a person in the country living in that household illegally, everyone has to move out everyone in the house mm-hmm. and 
in Los Angeles, that's something like 30,000 people. Uh-huh. And that's a bad thing, and it's uh, an inhumane thing. Mm-hmm. But with any kind of operation like that, there's a waiting list of people wanting to move in to those spots. Right. And if Trump does successfully evict all of those people and moves 30,000 people who never had townhouses into townhouses for the first time, those people are most likely going to vote for Trump. Yeah. Like, it's one thing to say, oh, Trump's racist, don't vote for him. But it's another thing to put a family in a townhouse that's been waiting to get affordable housing for fucking ever. Well, yeah. yeah, But and then not only that, like, just like think about the people who have the ability to run for office, you know, like most people who who do that are privileged, you know, they come from privilege. Like, yeah, it's very privileged to be able to do that in this country. You know, you need a lot Um, of money. Yeah, yeah. And that's unfortunate. That's the way it works here. But that, that is the way it is, you know. But I, yeah, I, I really do think like the these issues that people like call back to Twitter are like you know like yelling about on Twitter at each other. That's not what most of the country well that cares yeah. about. Yeah, at that's all. that's another thing I brought up. I think on last week's episode, Twitter is Trump rallies for the left. Like Trump rallies are where Trump supporters go to have their worldview confirmed. And Twitter is where the left goes to have their worldview confirmed. Right and go. See, everyone agrees with me because look at how that guy's getting ratioed. Meanwhile, the rest of the country is like, what the fuck is ratioed? I don't even oh, know yeah, what no, that they, fucking like, means. There's so many things they would have no idea. They, uh, Yeah, it's yes, I agree. Because like, I'll be honest, like, you know, I'm a, I'm a stand up comedian. <laughs> like that is so to me, it's so privileged to be able to do something like that. It's you could call it privilege, but you could also call it just skilled labor. Yeah. Well, it, it you, is. You, you work. You, you're working on a craft. It like is a, like a blacksmith or like a um, like anyone who has. No, but a, I like I I feel lucky to be able to like use my mind to like produce an income and like mm-hmm. you know do certain things. And yeah. a, lot, a lot of people aren't that lucky or gifted. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like sure. To be able to do something like but, that. But those are the so those we need to think about skills. that. Yeah. No, but we need to like be more inclusive of of people i guess this goes back to empathy yeah yeah and, yeah and the people who do manual labor the people who do you know service positions you know in this country like those people do need to be valued yeah you know, if yeah you're, if you're a plumber i agree if you are one of the few remaining coal miners out there you know it's like yeah we like we should respect like tradesmen like way more yeah. than we do you know i i don't know what do i know uh, coastal elite <laughs> yes you are i went to nyu sorry <laughs> i'm apologizing yeah i mean it's like i'm, I'm in debt <laughs> so much debt you know uh, all right let's get to this last crazy ass opinion okay men are superfluous creatures scientists can create babies with two egg cells and i think deep down men know that women are the key to all creation and that's why historically they've tried so hard to control them well yeah men had their shot at running the world and they screwed it up i don't have a proposed solution to get rid of the superfluous men humanely maybe we can set them all up with vr like in the matrix maybe we already have love amanda said all in love yeah thank you she's saying men are useless for the love amanda look as someone who has sex with men i want to say i don't agree with this (laughs) this is fucking absurd and i i mean i assume she's partially is that even true though scientists can make babies with two egg cells that's not true 
I mean, you can have an X and an X chromosome. I mean, you can't. Oh, you can't yeah. use. I, I don't know if you can use two eggs. I'm, I'm not. I'm not up on the science of that. But uh, well, I think it's I'm, possible, but it, it it does take some work. Right. Well, you know, it's kind of there is one thing that she talks about where she said uh, women are the key to all creation. That's why historically they've tried to control them. Well, that is kind of interesting. So, like, there is this idea of like you know because you know women like we are we possess a womb and like we have this ability to give life there is like some sort of very interesting resentment uh in misogyny where you know men like hate women i mean it could be for like a number of reasons i mean if you want to go back to like oedipus and his mom and like (laughs) yeah like him hating her and all that shit yeah there's it it the the take that people would ridicule misogynists for for you know pe- people who treat women as just objects you mm-hmm. know, this is a lot of, there's a there's remnants of that attitude here in this opinion that's been presented yeah that's kind of yeah yeah it's like men are just things that we can throw away and, and it's that's like, what and that's what yeah uh huh and sure there might be some men whose you know most of what they cannot bring to the table is some you know dick of varying degrees of you know greatness you know it's like maybe 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 the dick is all they have to offer dick but, is abundant and of low value yeah it's, <laughs> and and yeah and maybe and maybe that person has had some bad experiences with men and yeah. well so have i but sure. i still love them i've had some bad experiences with men and not not mm-hmm. like romantic partners because mm-hmm. that's not what i'm into but yeah not all men and not all women are great it's like not all people are great yeah this is gonna be shocking yeah. i've had bad experiences with men and women yeah Ooh. i've met bad Ooh. men and i've met bad women never if heard you can of believe it. that <laughs> yeah it's just like i don't think you can really form you know it's, yeah. it's hard to formulate an opinion like this having not i think like everybody. yeah a blanket hatred of men is that is not what we should be moving towards i mean come on but thank you for your support. I'm a staunch Amanda. feminist too. So I just want to say that. Thank you for your love. All right. So that is our episode. Mm-hmm. Thank you both Anytime. for joining thank me. Thank you. Thanks for having me. What do we have to plug before we get out of here? Patreon.com slash unpops. $5 a month to get a bunch of bonus episodes. That's all I got for right now. I'll be announcing some things. I'm going to be touring, but not until next year. So okay. Mm-hmm. I normally start promoting my tours about seven days before they start. And this time I'm going to start months in advance. Oh, there you wow. go. And we'll see if it makes a difference. Big spender. There Maybe. you go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Heather, what do you got to plug? Uh, when is this airing? Uh, Monday. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm going to be at the, uh, the 208 Comedy Festival in Boise. Oh, fun. I'm sure you have some listeners out there. We Boise. do have listeners. Yeah. <laughs> so come Boise. see me if you're in Boise. It's actually a really fun festival. Shout out to Mike Stan. And a lot of uh, great comics from LA who are my friends are going to be out there. So it'll be really fun. And uh, follow me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Fixed Air Heather. Yeah. Sturt. Hey. Uh, Sturt. <laughs> uh, if you guys want to see me live, uh, I'll be in Santa Barbara the night this comes out at the Brass Bear Brewery. Uh, if you can say that three times fast, you get free entry. Uh, <laughs> you can uh, you can also catch me in Portland, Oregon at Harvey's Comedy Club uh, mm. this coming weekend, uh, August 29th through September 1st. And then I'll be in Lincoln, Nebraska at the Comedy Loft September 6th and 7th and at the Big Pine Comedy Festival in Flagstaff, Arizona uh september 18th through the 22nd uh you can also follow my podcast at uh the late night show with Stuart and luke at the l8 night show uh the late night show 
uh, or you can uh, come see our, our show live when it's happening at the improv. Uh, and you can follow me at Stuart B Thompson on Twitter and Instagram. All right, let's get the hell out of here. Stuart, say goodbye. Bye y'all. Heather, say goodbye. Bye-bye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. (laughs) 